catalogs are arriving and it's time to plan your vegetable garden. Today we're talking tomatoes, America's favorite garden fruit, with Steve Bogosh. On Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. One of the most popular guests that we have on the show is Steve Bogosh, and we always end up talking about tomatoes. Now, he's an extension agent, and we can talk about all sorts of things, but tomatoes seem to be what people want to hear about, and especially the varieties, and the varieties to select from seed catalogs now to grow in your garden. My guest this week is Steve Bogosh, regional horticulture educator, Penn State Extension, Franklin County, Chambersburg, PA. Every August, Steve hosts a tomato tasting where flavor rules, but visitors also examine plants for their health and vigor and the appearance of the fruit and the plants they grew on. Steve, you've been running this tomato tasting since 2000. Can you describe what it's like? Set the scene for us and tell me how the tomatoes are laid out and how people can look at them and how the tastings are set up. Well, the whole tasting starts in about a month when we start to argue over the varieties, and that's always an interesting process. Um, Seed companies have varieties they'd like to have in it. Um, Our master gardeners here in Franklin County, Pennsylvania, um, of which there's a little more than 70, they're all very opinionated, as most gardeners are, about what varieties. I've got some that I need to have in there as part of my trial. So um, once we get past that, we try and winnow it down to 30 to 36 varieties. A couple years ago, we had over 70, and that was unmanageable. So we produce them during the season. And then um, in the past, we've also done tastings where I bring in a small panel on uh, Thursday afternoons at lunchtime, and we do a blind tasting. But the big tasting, the one where we'll have uh, 170 to 220 people come to, we set up a small circus tent. We have tables. Um, We've been harvesting for up to a week to make sure that we have enough. Um, we put them out there, and all the varieties, although they, you can see them, usually there is a whole a whole tomato, or in the case of grape or cherries, there's a bowl of them. They all just have letter codes, and everybody gets a ballot, and as they come in, they're handed a clipboard with a ballot, and they work their way around the table. When they're done, they will get the cheat sheet so that they can then go back knowing what they are and make comments, because the uh, the purpose of the trial has always been to introduce new varieties or alternative varieties to the general public, and then I get a lot of information and feedback from my commercial growers from that. It starts at noon, runs to five, and it is the wildest event as all of these people are working their way around the table, picking at tomatoes, arguing over them, (laughs) trying to figure out what varieties they are from their taste buds and what they see. It's a lot of fun. Uh, do you like have to sip water between each tasting? We do have we have crackers and water there, and 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 you get to one of the biggest problems that we have is taste bud fatigue. I have I've been told by folks who do a lot of tastings that um, we we weigh we really abuse the folks who show up there. We don't charge nor do we pay because it's open to the general public, um, but we shouldn't have more than twelve or fifteen varieties. And folks usually tell us how overwhelmed they are, so we let them go around the table several times and. Um, you know, after a bit, a tomato starts tasting like a tomato, but we always get some, as in the report that I sent you that I assume is going to be up on your website, mm-hmm. um, we always get some that stand out. Uh, well, I have two questions now. Um, does everybody start in the same place, or do people just start anywhere they want? 
we try and get them all to start at tomato A. Um, you, you know, you can only control people so much, and we don't police them hard. Um, we do we do hope that they'll go all the way around the table. They generally start at A. We try to set it up so that the stronger flavor tomatoes are further toward the end, um, but it it never works out well that way, and usually it's more of a of a random thing. And so it's you know you you get. We, 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 when you look at the results, they're consistent, so we feel like we're getting something good out of it. Um, but we, the, the folks tend to sequester themselves as those who like real tomato flavor, mm-hmm. that kick-in-the-butt combination of acids and sweet, and those who like them sweet. Now, on, on this panel that you have a few days before, who's on the panel? Um Master gardeners in in our in our local county who consider themselves foodies. That they, they are they they self select. Um, I want people who have a decent palate, and it, it's interesting because we have a consistent group who have come back and um, getting them to say something other than this tastes tomatoey has been <laughs> one of the biggest problems. You know, wine connoisseurs have a whole language. I, I used to do wine tasting for um, for Maryland for their wine competition, and you know, you have buttery, and the wine has legs, and you can smell this and that in the wine. For tomatoes, it's Sweet, you know, acid, tomatoey, not tomatoey, bland. So we've we've tried to get a language so that we can actually talk about them, but it's not very easy with something like tomatoes. Wow, that's a, g- a great idea, though. I wish that would work a little better. I'm sure you you talk to them and make some suggestions and ask them to to elaborate as much as possible. Well, we always start off with a standard tomato. Um, in the past, it, it used to always be celebrity was our standard. That was kind of the, the standard in the garden. Um, over the years, we've we've changed that to um, one of the, I, I guess for a lot of folks it would be a commercial variety, but it's very accessible to, um, to, to gardeners, and it's scarlet red is now the one that um, I, I know I can have it in from the beginning of our of our series to the end. Um, it's one that, that tastes, it's, it's a very dark red high lycopene tomato. Uh, I like it because it has a lot of um, characteristics to it. So we'll I'll slice it, we'll share it around the table and discuss to kind of um, orient everybody's taste buds in the same direction so that I know we're talking about the same thing. Now, scarlet red is a pretty deep red colored tomato. Do you think that color affects the people's uh, reactions to the tomatoes? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, there there is no doubt in there. There and but not necessarily one way or another. There people come come to tomatoes. Um, it's a very personal thing. It's the reason. It's part of the reason we do the tasting is the um, the, the drive that folks have, the interest they have in the tomatoes. And I've I've seen. And not knock down, drag out arguments, but folks will argue over, you know, whether this tomato really, this tomato is really characteristic because there are folks who really like the high acid tomatoes, um, and then there are those who like them sweeter. Scarlet red is on the sweeter side of a of a of a slicer tomato. Um, I don't know whether it, whether it necessarily drives people's taste buds in one direction or another, but there is certainly a passion for what they believe they're tasting. Uh, but the panel is a blind tasting, right? 
yes, um, when we get all done, um, I have all the baskets, so I, I know what they are when they're tasting. I don't even sit down with the group. I'm so busy washing and slicing during all of this. <laughs> so when, they, when we get done, then I let them know what they tasted. Um, and we have baskets out there, and it's it's always interesting because uh, not only do I have usually several pages of notes from each of each panel member that I have to summarize, but there's a table outside that has all of the tomatoes on them with their names, and um, they vote a second time by which ones I don't have left when it's over. Oh. They, because I'll have bags there. You know, part of part of my gift to them is take home what you want. And there's always a couple of varieties that just get abandoned. Poor sad tomatoes, but there there are buckets of, that are almost full, and then there are others that vanish immediately. Well, Brandy I'm, boy, Brandy boy, when it comes in, is the one that always vanishes right away. Well, that's and that's one of the slicing ones. And since you mentioned Brandy boy, well, first of all, the panel. Do you do you remember the results of the panel? Do I remember the results? Yeah, do you remember which ones in the cherry category or, or the slicers uh, or the patio ones were the ones that were the biggest hits? You said Brandy oh, yeah. Boys, the slicer. Yes, without without a doubt. And and it's it's been consistent. That's part of what part of the reason I really like the results and don't mind talking about them with commercial growers because they've been so consistent over the years. I I always bring back the best varieties. They sort of become our standards, mm -hmm. but I bring them back over and over again because I keep trying to throw the new varieties at them and periodically like celebrity is no longer it's still a tomato I recommend, but there are many better varieties now. And so we we work in in that kind of a direction, but yeah, the the there the panel up until this last year has really liked Smarty. That's been the favorite grape tomato, and um, Smarty's a good one. But now I I we've, we're seeing some really interesting new flavors, and and they were in that report. Um, and Five Star Sakura Honey, those are probably ones that um, I don't know if they're going to be our new standards, but they certainly have some flavor profiles that we didn't see in Smarty or some of the earlier grape tomatoes. Well, since you were talking about ways of describing tomatoes, I'll put you on the spot. That that cherry or, or grape type Sakura honey, um, you do mention in your report that it's a little pricey from seed, $9.95 a pack from Johnny's Seeds, but uh, try to describe that Sakura honey for me. The best description I got came from a six-year-old girl. It's one of it's one of my colleagues' daughters who came, and um, she decided that all of the other grape tomatoes were no longer worth anything after she tasted this one because she said it tastes ketchupy. 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 And I I'm assuming um, I I'd hate to do brands, but I I've actually done some research that Heinz is kind of the orientation standard ketchup now. Hmm. And so she said it tastes ketchupy. And at a um, at, at another event that we did, totally separate thing. I had seven varieties of grapes and cherry tomatoes there, 102 or three commercial growers, and um, I couldn't keep the bowl of Sakura honey filled. Wow. I just kept going back for more. It uh, it was it was one of these ones that it looks it's very pretty. It's kind of an elongate grape. It's on the pinkish side. Um, sweet, but it's got all these other tones to it, and and I can't argue with her. I mean, it's yet for eating handfuls all season long. It's that de de definitely has a ketchupy kind of a flavor to it. Oh, I, so I guess that's a little spicy and maybe even a kind of a cooked flavor. 
Yeah, more more so than just a straight, you know, um, I, after eating so many grape tomatoes, they tend to be sweet with just a tiny bit of acid to them. This one had a real complex flavor to them. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always I'm always trying to be careful when I'm recommending expensive seeds. And I, I think... I think the seeds, I think the 995 pack, I don't know if it's only 10 seeds or 20 seeds, but as tomato seeds go, it's on the pricey side. Yeah. When you look at it on a per plant basis, assuming you get a decent germination, it's still, you know, barely an expense. But I, I always make sure that if I'm going to recommend something and it's expensive, it better work or at least taste good. And this is one that meets all of those criteria. And I, I guess the yield is good too then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it actually, um, it's, it was one of our top yielders for the season. There's a whole other report that I do to the commercial growers because they're very concerned at pounds per acre or tons per acre, and it was it was a top-rated tomato in that category as well. Although those guys, they're going to look at the price for seeds and go, uh, probably not. Right, right. My guest this week is Steve Bogosh, regional horticulture educator, Penn State Extension, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. You're listening to Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. We'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us. My guest is Steve Bogosh, and we're talking tomatoes, tomato tasting. And it's a great time to talk about that because this is the time to order those seeds or even plants because a lot of the growers and, and nurseries are selling plants through the mail now, much more than in the past, don't you think? Oh, yes, and it, it's become a real big trend. We have uh, one of the burpee facilities less than an hour away. I do some consulting for them, and I, it's amazing to me how many tomato plants now are shipped and other vegetable plants as well. And it just makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're planting a small garden and you want some different varieties, uh, what a great way to get them right from the seed companies. And you may only need three or four plants of each it's, you know, versus buying packs of seeds. And they come to you, they're ready to go, and a lot of them are varieties that you can't find in the garden centers. Right. Of course, the, there is an expense. So that's a, a without little, a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, on the cherry and grape types, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned Sakura honey, and on your list you also have red pearl, which you say has an excellent flavor. Five star, Maglia rosa, is that one too? Yes, Maglia rosa. It's a, it's kind of a big one. Um, it came into our trawl first in 2010. It's an elongate pink striped one. Um, I've only found it from Seeds of Change. Um, I've run into their rep at a couple of the uh, trade shows, and uh, it's a it's a real special kind of a of a tomato. There aren't there aren't too many like that, and you'll see on there that it's got this again this ketchupy flavor. There's obviously because a Sakura honey is also an elongate type, mm-hmm. and there's a there's some genetics in there that they're breeding into it that have this these other characteristics, and I love it because all of the earlier grape tomatoes, what they had was that they were nice and sweet. They were very meaty. Um, they didn't split or crack, but they were nice and sweet. Now we're seeing some other characteristics bred into them, and certainly if you ever look at a recipe for ketchup, there's a lot more in there than just tomatoes. Oh yeah. So we're getting a lot of other flavors there. Well, and you also had Sun Gold, which is an old tried and true one. And as you mentioned, it cracks like mad, but it is a delicious one. In the slicers, you have Brandy Boy, which you mentioned already. Uh, and that brings up the whole idea of heirlooms. And I know that you're not the biggest fan of heirlooms. They may have great taste, but you're interested in higher yield and better condition of fruit. 
Um, you also have BHN number 589 as one of your top ones, Big Beef. And again, you have Celebrity and Scarlet Red, which you mentioned. And in the heirlooms, you have some, of course, they're not new, <laughs> but you have Pineapple, which is a, a winner, and Mortgage Lifter, always a favorite, maybe because of the name, too, but on every list, Arkansas Traveler, Mariana's Peace, Stupies. Is that how you say Stupies? I think it's actually Stupice, but I, oh, I, don't Stupice. Argue, I don't argue with people on how they pronounce something. The, the letters just work for me, and it's, it's an unusual tomato. I've, I've trawled all of the early tomatoes that I can find in any catalog, and for me, early, uh, most tomatoes are 70-couple-day tomatoes in terms of the, you know, how long it takes them to ripen their first fruit. Early tomatoes are usually 65 days or less, and this is one. I think it's about 62 days. It's the earliest tomato that I know of that actually tastes like a tomato in the mid-Atlantic area. And mm. you always have to, you know, and with an heirloom, they're so sight-conscious. So one that works well for me here in the mid-Atlantic may not work so well for somebody in, you know, northern Connecticut. It may not work real well out in the west, but in this area... Of all of the early ones, and, and we have trialed so many of them, this one has real tomato flavor. The fruit are on the small side. You know, if you're if you're comparing it to a brandy boy where the fruit may weigh 10 ounces or more, this one's just a couple ounces. But it, but the the flavor is one that really just steps out. We've never had it for our tasting, however, because by the time we have our tasting, the end of August, it's come and gone. Oh, I see. And so it, this is this is this is my opinion, and here in the office, um, tomato opinions are uh, they're they're strong and heated. Again, when we go back to picking our, our our varieties, you know, the arguments it's it's like we're arguing over something important, which I guess it is to everybody. Sure, the peach is one that really tastes like a tomato. Well, you you started talking to me be, right before we started recording that uh, about patios and containers, and you have one here I don't recognize, sweet and neat. Yes, it's um. There's a whole bunch of new grape and cherry tomatoes. They're mostly in the cherry tomato class that are designed for containers. And uh, the, there's a whole series of these sweet and neat. There's red, scarlet, red, and yellow. And as a series, they are among the best of the patio or container plants. Um, we started looking. I guess it was 2007 when we put out our first trawl of patio plants. But so many people who have an interest in food and gardening are are, are soilless. They don't have they don't have an area that, to dig up, and so you know we we saw this increased demand and interest in patio and container plants. So I've been trawling them. I have a whole series of reports that we're in the middle of rewriting on them. Of all of the grape types that we tried, the sweet and neat series really stood out for quality, flavor, yield ease of growth. They're very, very compact. For anybody who's used to growing, you know, tomatoes that get four or five, six, even like Mariana's piece can be eight or nine feet tall. Well grape and grape tomatoes are big plants. These are they'll they'll do well in a hanging basket. They get eight, ten, twelve inches tall. They hang over the size nicely. You can put three of them in a fourteen inch pot and um one uh, Peace Tree Farms, which is Lloyd Traven, another mm -hmm. relatively famous horticulturist at this point, he markets a whole bunch of them as uh, Christmas gifts. Uh, you mean in pots growing? Yeah, 
Yeah, he'll put them in 10-inch pots. I, I, I assume that he resells them out through some of the greenhouses that buy wholesale from him. Uh, but but he, he markets them as holiday gifts. They're they're ripe, they're ready, and so they're I, he he likes to call them hostess gifts. But you know they're they're ready to go, and they have they have a flavor. My uh, my summer intern, I always hire a series of college interns to help me with my trials. Um, this was one of about 20 varieties of small grape tomatoes that um, that they have really liked over the last couple of years. That, that's a great idea. And does it continue to bear for, for a long period of time? Yeah, it's it's it. it It'll get a real heavy early set, um, and as long as you pick them when they're ripe, they will continue. But as um, you and I discussed in a podcast we did last year, for most people, they they kind of cheat their tomato plants a little bit um, in that they don't feed them well enough. Mm-hmm. So if you if you continue to fertilize them all the way through the season, uh, once they start flowering with a high potassium fertilizer, a high analysis with potassium, um, they will keep bearing right up until frost. Incredible. You know, every time we talk, we want to talk about peppers, and I know that you're trying to do a pepper tasting and have a pepper competition, and, of course, you have a, a wonderful... I'm going to have a link to that uh, sheet that you prepared on peppers, too. Uh, and I just thought in the last few minutes, maybe I'd give you a chance to talk about some of your peppers. Well, the the most exciting one last year... Again, we have this uh, burpee um, breeding facility, not breeding, but a, a production facility near us, and I was over there talking to them one day, and they gave me a flat of their bush bells. It, they were small bell peppers. They were only maybe three inches long and on the narrow side, not not the big blocky bells that most folks are used to getting at the grocery store. And um, I was I thought that they were kind of a snooze um, as we had the, as the season got on. They didn't look like much, you know. But once they fully ripened, went went from green to red, they had. Uh, a real nice, and I, 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 I apologize for the description of flavor again for vegetables. <laughs> we don't seem to just have the language there. But along with the sweetness that you get to a fully ripe bell, there were some other flavor characteristics there that in, uh, in stir-fries, stews, and things like that that we were making in the early fall, late summer and early fall, you could taste the difference chopping them and putting them in there. And so Bush Bell is one. I just confirmed with the Burpee folks over the weekend that they are still offering that, both in seeds and plants. Real well-behaved in a container. It does require support. It's it's a floppier plant. It's, some bells stand up nicely, not this one. But it, it is worthwhile, folks, to consider because the fruit quality is so high. If if you've got to fill your peppers full of sausage, this is not the one for that. This mm-hmm. is the one you're gonna you're gonna cut up, stir fry, etc. Wait wait until they're fully red. I have I'll send you a picture when we're done of a basket of them. They taste awesome. They're well worth doing. And there's a number of other of these container uh, peppers that are worthwhile doing. Zavery is the other one. It's a habanero that my my colleagues at Penn State bred so that it doesn't have the intense heat of a habanero. It retained all the flavor. It's a little on the sweet side, but for folks who don't like to have their face melted off when they're eating <laughs> peppers, this is, Zavery is one, and you can find it in a number of seed catalogs. Well, I was interested in Mohawk because it looks so pretty. Oh, it, and Mohawk, another one. You know, it, it's, a, it's a sweet pepper. Um, 
excellent yields, gorgeous to look at. The multiple colors, um, it ripens an awful lot of fruit, and I was still harvesting those right up to frost. Um, we didn't do them in 2011, but I did them in 2010. And, I mean, they were, you were, we were picking those right up to frost that year. Well, Steve, as always, time with you flies by. We are out of time. But I want to thank you again. My guest has been Steve Bogas, Regional Horticulture Educator, Penn State Extension, Franklin County, Chambersburg, PA. And I want to tell people that the tomato tasting, which is the third week, third weekend, I guess, in August. No, we do it on, on uh, the, the Wednesday, the fourth when, Wednesday. Uh, fourth Wednesday. I'm glad you told me that. And it's free and open to the public. And we'll have a link on the website so people can find out more about it and how they can come this summer. And thank you again. Ken, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. You're so welcome. It's a mouth-watering experience <laughs> speaking with Steve and listening to what he's discovered over the season and the tomato tasting in August. Wow. I don't have a lot of sun or heat for tomatoes, but I, I might try just a few varieties. Well, I've, I've got my choices. Sakura honey for the grape type, uh, even though it's $9.95 a pack. And I think Brandy Boy. I've always wanted to try that. Join me again next week for another edition of Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. 